Welcome to another episode of the League of Ordinary Gentlemen. Uh, guys, it's fantastic. Preseason football is here. Looking forward to another season of football. I hope you are. So welcome in, and we are recording this podcast, this episode, on Jeff Fisher Day, 8-8. Welcome to mediocrity. I hope the Browns can get to 8-8. Eight eight. That would be fantastic. Anyhow, in today's episode, we're going to talk about some new rule changes that we're going to propose rule changes that we'll vote on at the draft. If you're listening from another league, these may be good change, some good rules that you may want to uh, put into your league as well. Also, we'll, we're going to go a little bit into Hard Knocks Episode 1, which is following the Browns, uh, Browns camp this year. And also, we'll talk a little bit about, if we have time, Week 1 storylines of preseason football, because everybody loves preseason Week 1. Uh, maybe only overtaken by week three when you get to see your actual starters. So, uh, But let's get right into the proposed rule changes. The first one I think is probably one that's going to be unanimously passed, but free agent acquisition budget. Um, this was brought on, Doug, suggests $100 annual budget, tie-breaking being reverse standings, uh, with the free agent budget expiring on Tuesday nights. Doug, since you proposed this rule, I'll let you kind of tease it a little bit, and then we can have a conversation about it. Yeah, um... I think that it just allows everybody in the league to have access to anybody that's on waivers. Um, the way that it works for anybody that doesn't know is you know, every player, once the games start on Thursdays, or actually once, once the player's game for that week begins, they go on to waivers. And that waiver period will expire on Tuesday night at midnight, let's say. Um, so if... Me and Tim both want the same guy. We each have a $100 budget. We can go in, click on that guy, and it will prompt you to put a bid in for that player. It's just, you know, monopoly money, fake money. But whoever has the higher bid between me or Tim would get that player, and they would be on our team. The money that Tim bid goes back into his waiver account. So it's not like he loses that money if he doesn't get the player. Just lose the player. Let me tell you why I love this, because... One problem that we've had in the league is that we've had people who have gone and taken guys because they're higher on the waiver wire priority list who have gone and taken people of other positions they didn't need just for the sake of screwing the other the other person. And so what this does is it gives the, everyone equal opportunity. If you need a position, uh, you have the ability to outbid someone who doesn't need it as much in order that you would actually get help where you need it. Because I know I had to... Uh, fill a lineup with a couple third stringers a couple years ago moving into the championship game. So I'm I'm all for this. This is yeah, Sean, by the way. If I'm not oh yeah, welcome Sean Sean Guida. I I'll I don't know if I want to put his team name out there yet. If you'd like to, he's gonna have a new team this year. Last year's team was uh your best team now. Your best the team now picture of Joel Osteen. So it was yeah. uh, for those of you who get that joke, it was it was pretty funny, pretty humorous. Um anyhow, he's referring to the time that he lost a man in the championship. But anyhow, I, I like I do like the rule change. Um because one, it rewards good drafting. Uh when you can draft a guy when you draft well and you can keep those guys, then at the end of the year you have a higher budget and can buy the guys that you need um to move into the playoffs and to and, and to hopefully win the league. So I I like anything that's gonna reward a good draft. Any thoughts? Uh, first off, uh, sorry for the uh, Outlook sounds on my computer. I thought the volume was turned down, so my bust. Number two, mental note, uh, scout Sean's team on a weekly basis, save up my free agent uh, auction budget dollars, and try to screw them over when there's a deficiency. As much as possible. Absolutely. Second note, that is actually my second line of defense. I have a, an extra plan for when you do that. Because you think you'll be doing the right thing, but you won't really. I'll have a second plan in place. So I'll <laughs> screw you when you screw me. So take that. Sure. So anyhow, I think that's going to be a, a one that, that's going to be unanimously voted for. I like that one a lot more than reverse. So we're, um, we're all for. I think all four of us are on that. All but yep. Again, come to the draft ready to give a yay or nay, and we'll, we'll make that decision come draft night. Uh, number two is also one that I think will be uh, unanimously voted for, which is abolishing divisions. Right now in the league, we have two divisions of five teams, top four division, top four teams in each division go to the playoffs. I still like uh, eight players, eight teams going to the playoff because it gives us a good three-week battle for the the loogie, uh, which was a gift of the league from from Zeke after he broke the other one. Um, 
but it's a much better trophy, so thank you for that. So no you can't, problem. Cannot no wait problem. to get that off my What's mantle. <laughs> it's been sitting in front of my television. Hey, for Josh a year. Buckley, it's coming to your house. Hey, you are, Buckley. Buckle up. It better be in a good spot. Um, anyhow, so buckle. I, I don't know that there's that there's a lot of conversation needs to be had around it. It's pretty obvious, but does anybody want to say anything about that rule, uh, yay or nay, or anything that I haven't said? Nope. Nope. Awesome. So another one. Now this one is a little more. Uh, this one's going to reward better better play, better drafting, better waivers. But number three is add a, a wide receiver spot. Um, we have two wide receiver spots and a flex spot currently. So what we would do is add a wide receiver spot, take away a bench spot, so the draft would be just as long. But uh, I'll read I'll read Doug's uh, explanation. Was let's assume half of, half the flex spots are filled with wide receiver. That leaves the following names and someone's bench based on current ESPN standard ADP. Robert Woods, Emmanuel Sanders, Chris Hogan, Sammy Watkins, Michael Crabtree, Corey Davis, Pierre Garçon, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb. If you looked at my team last year, I had guys like uh, Michael Thomas or Michael Crabtree sitting on the bench on any given week. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. A time or two. I had Jarvis because, Landry on my bench week yeah. 16. Because of, of the fact that there was only there was only three spots to put him. And if you had a running back, you wanted to, put, you wanted to prioritize that. So... Adding another wide receiver spot, taking away a bench spot, um, it could create some more competition in the league. Thoughts, Zeke? Yeah, I'm definitely for that. Uh, and for no other reason, it goes back to what you were talking about the when we were talking about the free agent budget and how you want to put emphasis on the draft. And you know, as as many wide receivers as you can take off the draft board early on, you know, filling in an extra spot, that's obviously 10 extra spots. Yeah. That makes the draft more strategic, and you uh, can't be as lazy and just assume you're going to have some stuff waiting for you on the waiver wire or just, you know, riding on somebody's bench that you don't have access to. Yeah, and it, it almost, last year, set it up to where you weren't even rewarded as much as you should be for drafting good receivers because you could just kind of stream whoever you wanted each week, you know, because... There was guys on wait. I mean, I was going on waivers all last year and just picking up a guy because he was in a great matchup against a terrible defense, and knowing he would be a better option than the guy that I drafted. You know, right. so I think it just kind of there's just too many, in my opinion, there's just too many good players on waivers at that position. My only question is, when you talk about getting rid of a bench spot, um, that would leave us with I think what four bench spots. Four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that gets a little tricky on bye weeks. So yeah. that would well, we, be something. Do we, we want to get could, rid of a bench spot or just add a just add a, add around? Or we can just add around at the end. Well, here's an idea. That's, worth, that's kind of what I'm talking about. What if we had a NA or DL spot for injured players? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm never opposed to. That's something that we've added in my fantasy mm-hmm. baseball league, and mm-hmm. um, it's really helpful in the fantasy baseball. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Well, baseball's a different animal too. Like, right, I mean, right, right. I mean, you're you're going there, but I do like. The I haven't idea. thought about it for football. But. Yeah, I with football, I I like the idea of adding a wide receiver spot. I think maybe we could just add another round, but this helps, like Zeke said, makes more value out of the wide receiver spot, mm-hmm. and it also kind of devalues running backs a little bit because running backs right now are such high, they're such high positions, right? And you only have a couple of those guys that are getting 200 touches a game or 200 touches a week. Sorry. Um, I want that guy. On yeah, my team. definitely yeah. want that guy on my <laughs> yeah. team. But 200 touches a, a season, so that um, those wide receiver spots become more valuable because now you have additional people that, that other people are going to be looking for. So um, I think it it catapults those top running backs, but it also helps us to to bring the wide receiver spot a little higher in the draft and a little more priority there. Yeah, and and even if we add a wide receiver spot, and you assume that there's five people using a wide receiver in their flex. So that eliminates the top 35 wideouts. There's still plenty of other good wide receivers, like mm-hmm. uh, guys that are currently outside the top 35 ESPN ADP, Robbie Anderson, Kelvin Benjamin, Julian Edelman, Jamison Crowder, Marquise Goodwin, Jordy Nelson. So it's not like it's, you know, a who's who of scrubs. Well, you got to think that's, I mean, that's basically almost every team's number two receiver and on. Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah, it makes. I guess I. I think that's another good. I think that's another good rule. It makes. It does make it harder to stream, um, but you know, again, strategic being strategic in the draft, drafting the right positions, the what things you need instead of just loading up on something else just because you don't need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I can, and that's what we want to do. Obviously, we want to make it more fun, more strategic, and more competitive in the league. So, anybody else have anything to say about that? 
I've been in a 10-team league in the past that had four wide receiver spots, which is just absurd. But, yeah. <laughs> but three three is the magic number. And then you could still leave the fifth bench spot. I do agree. And then even throw in the yeah. DL spot if you needed to. Well, I look think it would be okay. Yeah. Sorry, but look at teams like last year, maybe um, Sean, Sean Stone's team. You know, he had, in our flex, we can run wide receiver, running back, or tight end, right? <laughs> Imagine if we put an extra wide receiver spot out there. Well, now the flex becomes more powerful with a guy. He had Rob Gronkowski and Travis and Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. So his team becomes exponentially, it comes much better. Uh, a team that I thought was going to win the championship last year, I think that that kind of solidifies the fact he drafted very well last yeah. year. And so I think that would have rewarded him uh, in that situation because cool. it makes that flex spot more powerful if, if you have one of those top five ten ends. Right. He took the chance on Ezekiel Elliott in like the second or third round. Third round. And yeah. that's, that's what propelled him uh, into to jump, making the big jump. And, and just one more thing about that spot, because you made me think of something, too, in your description just then. You know, you could, if you move that wide receiver into its own spot now, that also gives you an ability and a reason to take those handcuff running backs. Oh, yeah. You don't really have that uh, luxury with the with the current setup if right. you don't modify it, because you're not going to put a handcuff running back there when you got to get a receiver or a, yeah. another starting running back yeah. out of that. So. Yeah, it makes sense. And and if we if we don't eliminate a bench spot and just add one wide receiver spot, I mean it may add five minutes to the draft. Oh yeah, it's a last know, like, round. It, no. it just moves kickers and At defenses that point, back yeah. one round, right? <laughs> it doesn't I mean, take. Come right. on, it really doesn't do that. So. Do that much. Plus, we're all having a good time on draft night, and we all want to extend it an extra ten minutes anyway. It's absolutely that's, why not? That's true. That's true. So all right, so I think that again, I think that's going to be a, a good vote. So here's one that I think will be more split decision on. I know how Doug feels about this one. I know how guys like me and Billy feel about this one because we're keepers this year, but uh, and also Sean with the ability to to keep a guy like Josh Gordon. But um, adjust keeper settings starting the, I guess the following year. So let me I'm going to go into explain what our keeper selections are right now and how they work, and then I'll uh, explain the new I'll explain the new rule that that we're looking into. So as of right now, you keep a player. Where he was drafted, whether you acquired him by trade or free or free agency, you keep him where he was drafted, um, minus two rounds. So, for instance, you draft him in the tenth round, and you want to keep him, you keep him in the eighth round. Um, guys that were kept in the first, the guys that were drafted in the first two rounds, are no, are not keepable at all. Um, and then guys that were, yeah, <laughs> Kareem Hunt. Um, and then guys who, oh, did you draft him? Yeah. In the second round? Yeah, probably. I, I so. had the last pick of the second round, <laughs> yeah. the first pick of the third, and I took yeah. Kareem And on. who did you draft in the third round? Isaiah Kareem. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll measure that up to the, that could have gone better. Yeah, Wall see, statement. I was trying to believe yeah. in the Browns, and God. Never believe in the Browns. Um, at least not well, in fantasy. Maybe. Not we'll last see. year. Not last so, year. So anyhow, so you can't keep a guy drafting the first two rounds, and then you can only keep a guy twice. So, for instance... And then if you pick him up in free agency and he wasn't drafted, you can keep him in the, as the the last the last draft pick, so round 15. Point of clarity, keeping him twice, meaning you have him three seasons. Correct. Ago. So you, you, you get him, you keep him once, you keep him twice. You get him three years. So, for instance, I I picked up Alvin Kamara off waivers um, because I had an injury, and he obviously be, just went off last year, right? Well, I get to keep him in the 15th round based on current rules. Uh, next year, I would keep him in the 13th round, and then the following year, I wouldn't be able to keep him. We, he would just go back to drafting. So, with that being said, this is the new proposed rules. So, year one, so you, obviously, however you pick the guy up, but year one, you have two round, you two rounds earlier than the draft, so same. Um, but if he was added off waivers, he is he gets a five round valuation. And then year two, he gets a three-round three round valuation. So meaning, um, Alvin Kamara is going, and I think ESPN and average draft position is like pick number eight or nine, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so that's a first-round valuation. So under these rules, I would keep him as a sixth-round player, which is still great value. If I want to keep him again the next year, I get a two-year valuation, so he'd be a, if he's still a first-round draft pick, he'd be a, he'd be a third-round guy. My suggestion well, is actually three rounds, so he'd be a fourth. Three rounds, so he'd be a fourth. Yeah. Sorry, and but uh, that's based off what his ADP is next year. So if correct. he's a second rounder next year, then he's he, still a fifth. Then he's in the fifth. Yeah. 
So it does create a little more work for the guys, a.k.a. me, uh, doing keepers. But I understand that um, this is a that this is a point of contention, as in guys, I've got guys like Alvin Kamara. I think Billy has Deshaun Watson. He's keeping in the 15th round. Um, so I think Sean's keeping Josh Gordon in the 15, 14th, 14th round because you drafted it. Um, and then, you know, and so on and so on. But there's there's the point of contention. So I'll let Doug explain his because I know his keepers aren't as aren't as aren't as good because of some of the moves he made last year, which he'll he'll I mean he yeah. very much admit. Oh, yeah. But his reasoning behind what this suggestion was for, and um, and we can discuss from there. So I think twofold. First off, I think it rewards. If you're having to make a ton of ads off waivers, that means you didn't draft as well. Mm-hmm. And it also increases your chances of striking gold on waivers. Like, no, I mean, Kamara wasn't drafted in our league last year for a reason because yeah. none of us thought mm-hmm. this guy was guy's, a third string, he was right, a third right. string running back behind Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram. Exactly. Yeah. So, my thought is that if you draft a guy and you hold him for the entire year, you should get rewarded with the current keeper setup that we have in place. So, let's say you drafted Kamara in the 13th round. Held him all year. You believed in his talent. Okay. Well, then next year you get to t- to keep him two rounds earlier. Tenth yeah, yeah. Tenth round. Whatever. whatever. But if you if you pick him up off waivers, more than likely you're just basically taking a stab in the dark at a guy. Or there was an injury. A guy broke out, and you're the guy that happened to get him last year. Basically, just based on reverse standings. This year there would be a little more skill involved with how you got him if free agent acquisition budget was in play. Mm-hmm. So my thinking is you're taking a guy who is a first-round pick, getting him in the 15th round, basically just out of sheer luck. And I think you would admit that, too. Oh, 100%. I, mean, I was like, you didn't even start Kamara the first week or no, two. No, it was definitely a pickup. I think I dropped Adrian Peterson right. or something, because I drafted Adrian Peterson, or maybe you drafted Sean. Right. Drafted, I'm not sure who drafted him. Either way, I dropped a guy... Because uh, I needed a running back in the situation, I sat him on the bench for a week. He exploded. He was plug and play starter the rest of the season. For right. Me. Completely struck gold. Same thing that I did with David Johnson the, <laughs> the year before that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So what what running back are you going after? Right. Uh, right. In the waiver this year. <laughs> so yeah, I can go so ahead. Yeah. Right. So, but I I think it rewards, especially with free agent acquisition budget, it rewards drafting again, and it also rewards the fact that you do research. <clears throat> On, on the guys that, that you want to pick up in free agency. And if you can find the guy that nobody's looking at um, for a cheap dollar, then, well, you're, you're still rewarded on that. Yeah. So I, I, I get what you're saying. And I can, obviously, I ha- I'm i getting the benefit of Alvin Kamara in the 15th right. round this year. We know that. Um, then it just decides, okay, it just comes to vote. I think this is one that will be split on when it comes to the vote. I think guys like Billy are going to vote for the other way because he's getting the benefit of, a top five quarterback this year, right? Um, as in the fifteenth round, Sean's getting the benefit of if Josh Gordon plays all season, um, a top. I don't know, it could be five, could be ten wide receiver in right. Josh Gordon but, if he decides to keep him. But I drafted Josh Gordon. I didn't yeah. pick him up in the waiver. Well, right, right. Yeah. So I'm actually, so, I would be good. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan regardless. of this rule change. And I think anybody. I think. I mean, I think if you look at it, I think it's a good. I think it's still a good rule either way around. I think any way that we can change keepers and make them different. Um, make the league more fun. I'm, I'm all in for. I'm just I'm interested in, in what other people vote for. Now I didn't put this out there until now because it, I was reminded of something uh, in a league that I did a few years ago. Uh, now this is more extreme. It may not be of interest to anybody, but if you're really wanting to reward the draft as opposed to free agent acquisition, uh, especially like those wide receivers and running backs, like we talked about. I've been in keeper leagues before where you only get to keep who you draft. So if you pick up a Camara, you pick up whoever, uh, you know, Arian Foster, you know, many years ago before his breakout <laughs> thing. Uh, Although, Jeff House, if you would like to draft Arian Foster this year, you are welcome to. <laughs> Go for it, baby. <laughs> Uh, that that's another suggestion. I'm just putting it out there. That's another suggestion to potentially think of to where it's it's truly high risk, high reward on the draft versus yeah. versus yeah. Uh, picking up off the waiver. I, I see which I I do see that. I like being able to keep the free agency, especially if we're going to take out the first two rounds of people you drafted. Um, 
then I, I think you're, there's still plenty of good people on the board. Like, we're still going to see guys like Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott, I'm, I'm assuming that, uh, that Joe's not keeping Ezekiel Elliott in the first round because he has other options. But and there's a lot of players going back into it. Yeah, so I true. like the that's whole – the whole. there is – I mean, obviously I'm benefiting from the getting lucky piece, right? But um, I do like the being able to be re- research. If you can hold a free agency. But that's also why we have the, the deadline for pickups and trades too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love to hear the opposing viewpoint on, you know, on, on this whole topic. Just just in the sense of like, no one's saying you wouldn't. Let's say you were to add Kamara this year. No one's saying you can't keep him unless we go with yeah. the only yeah. draft strategy. Yeah. But it's just, it's leveling it off a little. So instead of keeping him in the fifteenth round, you're keeping him in the sixth mm-hmm. round. Yeah. Still getting still great value. Still major value. But instead of take, you know, instead of, you know. You're basically just trading yeah. Stefan Diggs, let's say, for Alan Kamara. Let's say they're similar draft positions. So I, I, like, I just want to hear your side no, no, of it a little. No, no. I more. actually, I actually kind of like the rule. So <laughs> Tim's because, Tim's side of it is, I like the rule, but it hurts me to it actually does. have the rule. Well, it does. But the reason that we did this original keeper process is because the draft became to the point where, like in in our in your baseball league, right? Like Mike Trout got picked up off waivers. His rookie year, and he's never been let go. So those guys don't get cycled back into the draft. Mm, yeah. You know, when I was playing fantasy football in high school and college, and Danian Tomlinson was the guy, right? And I kept him for ever. Yeah. One, I mean, won me tons of games. I picked him up his like first or second year in the league. I drafted him, and I kept him until he busted. He right. would. He would literally. Tim would be down by thirty points multiple occasions. Be down by thirty oh, points. Yeah. LT would play Monday night. He'd score forty two points in. Well, the because yeah. he would. I mean, he had games where he would run, throw, and catch for, and catch touchdowns. Uh, he would go for yeah. fifty yeah. points in very basic standard scoring. So <laughs> probably the best fantasy season ever. Oh, this is ever like two thousand seven <laughs> sure. season, yeah. or whatever it was. Like I, literally, there was a game I was down by forty two, and he came up and scored like fifty eight. And I was no, I was playing Chris. So I wasn't. Oh, that, that was against Chris. <laughs> um, Memories, but yeah, right. Good and this, bad. They, they yeah. never this league goes table. back, man. This yeah. league goes back. I will say, unless you're doing a, a dynasty league, which I'm doing one, and I really, I mean, you know, it's good and bad at the same time. Like, I don't believe in the keeping forever. You know, I, I'm yeah. with you. You want to cycle back into the pool? So, yeah. No, I'm definitely. So with I, that. I do like the rule change where you're still getting great value. You're still getting what five and three round value on a guy, especially if he's. A, if he's I mean, imagine somebody picks up Ezekiel Elliott when he... I mean, he's always been a number one guy, right? But imagine you get him, you pick up a guy like that, and you get him in the sixth or seventh round, and then the next next year you get him in the fifth round. That's still tremendous value any way you, any way you put it yeah, on if you're getting an RB1. So, yeah. so I'm I'm okay with it. Yes, it hurts me uh, because next year I won't be able to keep him in the 12th round or 14th round or whatever, 13th right. round, whatever it is. I'll have to keep him in, like, the fifth or sixth. But that's still tremendous value. And I'm okay with that. It just... Makes me have to strategize a little more. So, all right. Well, now that we've talked about that rule ad nauseum for probably the last ten minutes, let's move on to uh, the next one, which is reduce points for kickers and defenses. Um, I'm gonna go over the I'm gonna go over the proposed rule quickly, and then again, this is another one that, that Doug suggested because defenses were outscoring people, uh, and you know I'll let him explain a little more on that, and then we'll discuss. But so, well, actually, I just walked through this his entire thing. Uh, three kickers, 12 defenses outscored Larry Fitzgerald, Travis Kelsey, and Michael Thomas. That that alone should tell you everything you need to know about yeah. this rule change. Jacksonville That's Jaguars. ridiculous. The Jacksonville Jaguars defense won me multiple games last yeah, year. They were it, like the 10th well, highest scoring player yeah, in our league. They literally they yeah. had multiple games of 30-plus points. Well, yeah. listen, it's it's not one or two defenses. It's almost it, half the defenses yeah. in the league outscored yeah. Yeah. multiple so, pro So what ESPN did, which would, I like the rule, they actually took away, uh, and the points against, they took away it going if your offense, if your quarterback, Blake Bortles, throws a pick six, mm-hmm. that doesn't go against the defense anymore. That's a great rule. I like the rule, but we didn't adjust for anything like that. Gotcha. So uh, so with kickers, reduced field goal points from 49, 40 to 49 yards to three points, which is currently a four. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Doug says, a, a 42 yard is kind of like a chip shot in the NFL unless yeah. there's a bunch of rain and wind, which You're expected you should, to make you should that. be looking right. for. Yeah, 50 to 59 is currently five points. Drop it down to four points. Um, and then... <laughs> Uh, let's see, sixty plus to, to five <laughs> points instead of instead of six. 
Um, make all kicks inside 50 yards or else you're minus one point. Uh, reduce sacks to one point, which is currently two. For reference, Jaguars scored, Jaguar scored 110 fantasy points on sacks alone last season. Uh, Sammy Watkins yeah. scored 113. Mohamed Sanu scored 111. Evan Ingram scored 109. Delaney Walker scored 100. Uh, great research by Doug uh, on this. So I, I really appreciate it. I think, it's, I think those are, are great proposed. It doesn't kill the defenses. It still makes them important. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that I think now your defense is going to have to live on. If they're going to score big points, it's because they're scoring touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, that would make the Jaguars' defense worth drafting, like, in the fifth round. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Don't think I didn't think about keeping them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, no, I, and I, think I just great. think, I don't think any of us want defense to be more valuable than Sammy Watkins or Travis Kelsey or Larry Fitzgerald. Outside of a spectacular week, no. Yeah. Right, Defenses right. need to be need to be people who streamed. Yeah, right. right. You should be able to stream a top 10 defense. Yep. And I mean, if a defense goes out and gives up, you know, nine points, has six sacks, two interceptions, and one of them's a pick six, they're still going to have a monster week. Oh, heck It's yeah. so valuable. It's not, it's just not going to be where the teams that, really the sack thing is the biggest issue. The teams that get sacks are just racking up enormous amounts of points. Sure. So. Sure. Yeah. Well, like I said, yeah, the Jaguars, the Jaguars were... We're just completely raping offensive players. Now that I'm realizing all these rules are just structured to screw to Tim's screw team Tim. from yeah, last screw Tim around. So. Which is why we all agree. <laughs> I, I, everybody's in. I am for it. Yeah. 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 Moving on. All right. That wasn't intentional. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so anyhow, I think we, we all get that. I think that, I mean, I don't think people necessarily care about that, but I, I do get this. I do get that. Um, this one I'm interested in, not because I'm for it, but because I want to hear Zeke talk about it. Um, scoring for... Quarterbacks currently, when you pass a touchdown, it's worth four points. Um, TDs for all for all other positions being worth six. Now, if a quarterback runs for a touchdown, still get six points. Yeah, but if he passes, he's still going to get four. Um, and if a position player passes, it's still four. it's still four. So, with that being said, I'm going to hold my opinion until Zeke explains his point, and then we'll discuss from there. So it's a default. It's a default scoring for, you know, any Yahoo, ESPN, NFL, whoever. Uh, and I don't like it just because you're making a you're making a touchdown count less depending on who it is. So for example, uh, if you have Tom Brady uh, on your team, uh, and I have, you know, this is last year Brandon Cooks on my team. Uh, Tom Brady scores, you know, throws a touchdown to Brandon Cooks. You only get four points for it, but I get six points for it. Or if you know you, he throws it uh, to Dion Lewis, uh, and I've got Dion Lewis on my team, you only get four points for it, and I get six points for it. So every, in this case, every position that in theory, if if we have a, the same player on the same team, you know, same offense, mm-hmm. uh, you can halfway look at it and say, okay, well, it's okay as long as he's. Throw into my, you know, my position, you know, my wide receiver, my running back. I'm halfway like coming out okay. I can I can ride this out to a certain degree. Uh, so I feel like it should be the same. It should be you know one for one. Uh, and I just don't. I mean, I get that they're getting the passing yards and they're getting you know other you know other points going in their favor. I just I think that a touchdown should be equal regardless of what position uh, is scoring that touchdown. Well, I like that it brings more value and, and probably proper value to the quarterback. I agree. It devalues the quarterback in a league that uh, in a league that uh, it's all about the quarterback. Uh, Sorry. Go ahead. Keep Sorry. going. No, but that's all. So, I mean, the, the, the main thing is uh, I do feel like a quarterback should be val- – that's a great way to put it. That's a, that's a, my way was a long-winded way of saying the quarterback should be properly valued. And if, you're, if he's not getting his, the fair shake in points when they score a touchdown, I just don't like the idea of that. Yeah, I, I understand that second of it. I understand uh, what you're saying, but I also think that um, quarterbacks are the, high, are the highest scoring people in the league right now. And so if we add an additional two points to every one of their passing touchdowns, then they're they're going to become that much more – they're going to score that many more points. And then you're going to have quarterbacks scoring 30 points. I think you'd, I think at that point we just now look into doing what we're trying to take defenses away from um, to – I think 
to now we're just switching it over to quarterbacks. Because um, quarterbacks, when they when you throw three touchdowns in a game, which is fairly routine for a lot of quarterbacks, it's now 18 points instead of 12 points. And I think that becomes a, a huge a huge thing. And then, I, then you start to devalue uh, running quarterbacks and things like that. Yeah, but you got to think, if, if interceptions are two points, are minus two points, and you're throwing three touchdowns, two interceptions, and I that think they're minus a lot more. Are they mi- I thought they were minus two. Are they I think minus two. One? Are they? Yeah, okay. they're minus two. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so you're saying an interception is worth half the value of a... Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you guys think? I'm, I'm very ambivalent, honestly, toward this. Yeah, I'm a little ambivalent on it, too. My, my only concern about it is kind of like the fear of the unknown of like what it will do to the league like does it take does it take one team let's say there's one guy whose quarterback outscores everybody by 50 is that guy just like impossible to beat you know for 50 50 points on the season like Aaron Rodgers is gonna yeah like he has a great season like you can't even hang with that guy so as of right now the quarterbacks are 12 of the 13 highest scores in our league already so Mm -hmm. I feel like they're already they're already at the top. Yeah. Um, I, I did just the quick math on the top like eight quarterbacks. If you were to add two points to each of their passing touchdowns, you would have you would have put uh, Jared Goff. So Todd Gurley scored scored three hundred forty four fantasy points in our league last year. That would have put Russell Wilson at four hundred thirty five. Whoa. Alex Smith yeah. at 395, Tom Brady 390, Wentz 380, Rivers 364, Stafford 361, Kirk Cousins 354. You get the point. That's yeah, so lot. that's a lot. That of that changes the entire draft to the point of now you're gonna have a running quarterback yep. in the first round. So you would also have only eight non-quarterback players who scored 50 percent of Russell Wilson's points. Yeah. So that that's kind of my like opposite. It just I'm takes, not ambivalent like, anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I mean. I, Part of me says it'll just everybody will have awesome quarterbacks that score a bunch of points, and because there's not usually that much separation yeah. between the first quarterback and the eight, the first ten, the first ten quarterbacks. But if we have a year where, you know, Brady throws for forty three touchdowns, the two thousand seven Brady, right, right, right. Is a great that's that's my concern. Is like if if that happens, does it just ruin the league for the year because whoever has him wins? Basically, no questions. Was what fifty-five touchdowns? Yeah, yeah, something insane. Well, like, so I mean, so Peyton talking, Manning threw for like sixty-two one year. Didn't you're talking about right. yeah. So I mean, yeah, was insane too. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, I I like because like we discussed, quarterbacks are already scoring more points in the league than anyone else. As long as they're properly valued, and I and I'll be honest, I didn't do my homework to that degree to see you know where they where, where they shake yeah. out in the in the final thing, and if that's the case. I guess what I worry about with a lot of default fantasy settings yeah. is that they they actually try to devalue the quarterback. I don't know for what reason. And I know it's fantasy. It says right there in the name. But if you're trying to uh, you know, take the game from the field to the spreadsheet, if you will, right. you want the quarterback to be properly uh, valued. I totally agree. And I think I think the reason ours are are valued as high as they are is because of the bonus yard. Like yeah, so yard. that's one thing. Okay. So, Cause like, we talked a couple of years ago, or last year, I guess, just before the beginning of last year, we talked about how scoring wasn't high enough. We yeah. were scoring, you know, teams were winning scoring 85, right. 89, you know, less than that if you're Billy Baker because you had the vortex. But um, anyhow, we kind of valued up to, if you had 300 or three hundred plus yards passing, 350 plus yards passing, uh, you got bonus points to that. And so, and then... How running backs can get bonus points the same way, and then also when you had just an extra long touchdown, you get bonus points that way. Yeah, because I so think we're trying run, to boost the league a little bit. Running backs and wide receivers hit their bonus at 100 yards, I think. Uh, I'd have to go. I, back I can't remember, but which is pretty rare, you know, for a running back to score to get 100 yards in a game. But it's not that rare for a quarterback to throw for 300 in a game yeah. or 350 or 400. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's it was relatively it easy like to hit. But the first bonus point. was low. It's like one or two points. Right. 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 But it, um. But that's why it's fun to have the guy when Tyreek Hill goes for a ninety-yard touchdown. Right, you're celebrating because that's nine points for the, you know, six points for the touchdown. Then you get what one point every twenty, one point every ten every yards. 10, I think so. That's another yards. nine points, and then you get uh, a bonus for having a fifty-yard touchdown, which is one point. You get two points for having a, 
a 70-yard touchdown, and then you get another three points for having a, a 90-yard touchdown so or 80-yard touchdown. So that that one play becomes can change the game, and that's right. one thing I like about it. But uh, that's why we put the bonuses in. So I'm on record as saying I'm not a fan of this rule change, but uh, you know we can vote on it draft night. Yeah, like if everyone wants it, then I'm not like, oh, this is a stupid thing. But yeah. It, it, yeah. it's just like, I think the value. I think the quarterback valuation. I think it may. Yeah, it may skyrocket yeah. too much. So I'm, All right. I'm, well, we'll vote on it. And yeah, we'll vote. Twenty on days. It. We have twenty days it. until the draft. Fantastic. Twenty days. So all right. So rule the the seventh rule change uh, is just all in fun. We we already have a punishment as in you have to display this toilet trophy uh, proudly for the for the whole year. Uh, Sean's had it on his mantle for the last year. I know he's excited to get rid of it. Can't but wait. punishment for last place. We need to institute some kind of punishment. Obviously, we're all professionals. We don't need pictures of us you know, in, in dresses on street corners, things like that, to ruin our careers. But something like standing on a busy street in a corner with a dress with no pictures, mm-hmm. holding a sign that say, I suck at fantasy football, or uh, we're addressed to the draft is a lot more fun because you're just at the draft. Uh, I know I've talked like to Doug. That. Doug is completely against wearing a dress, so we can look into other things. So I've I found... like to only do that in my free time. Yeah, exactly. You, know, <laughs> you um, gotta pay to see that. Right. Yeah. So, but there's also shirts on Amazon that are pink with unicorns that say "I suck at fantasy football." Whether you wear them to the draft or have to wear them to a guy's night out or something like that. Um, again, all things would come without pictures on social media, but just something just to we can all mock you for a, a night or for a couple hours. Uh, seems like fun. As someone who desires this league to be the best in South Carolina and therefore is willing to take extra steps to make it that much better, I think this is a fantastic addition. And as someone who would have had to do that two years ago, um, I I still think that this is a a great way to keep people involved. Um, It's a great way for everyone to take it a little more seriously. And it's a great way for us to laugh at Jeff House every year. So. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in favor. If you keep the Seattle Seahawks defense as a keeper, uh, you should probably have to wear a dress or something. Yeah. <laughs> and never hear the end of keeping the Seattle never. Seahawks. Never. He was three years ago. He's still <laughs> hearing. In fact, I'm going to see him on Friday, and I'm probably going to make fun of him again about it. Um, anyhow, we can discuss that, but also vote on on additional punishments. You guys all seem in, in favor of it. Anybody have any additional punishment ideas? Seem in favor. That's I was what thinking I heard. the same thing. That's <laughs> what I heard. In favor. Oh my okay. gosh, this is a, this I is like a family what you said show. The first time. Tim Gaida talking about semen a, flavor. I this liked is it the first time. This is a family show. <laughs> uh, anyhow, does anybody have any other punishment ideas other than? No, I think that's maybe something we can bring along. Um, yeah. At the drafts, we'll have everyone submit an idea and then. We'll, we'll figure that out at a later date. Perfect. So, uh, the next topic, those are all the rule changes. So, guys, come ready. Do you have another rule change? I, I, no, I just have a, a formal statement to make um, very quickly. Uh, based on the application process being finally completed, uh, it is our joy to welcome Dan and uh, Joe to the League of Ordinary Gentlemen. Round of applause. Round of Don't. applause. We have a we now have a full ten person league. Only statement is, don't screw it up. Yep, don't let's screw it up. let's keep this going. Let's see if we can get a year without losing anybody. But everybody must participate. I'm very excited about the new entrance we have to the league. It'll be fun. Um, okay, where are we going? Hard knocks. Hard knocks. Let's talk about a great hard Woo! knocks episode last night. Jarvis Landry is probably one of my new favorite NFL players, uh, and I know Sean agrees with me on that too. He Dude. just looks like he's going to be a leader in the clubhouse. Uh, not a fan of a couple things Hugh Jackson said, but great, uh, great documentary on on Brown's training camp. It looks like they're trying to toughen up a little bit. Yeah, I would say if you haven't gotten to watch it or you don't have means to watch it, actually you do. Um, it was put on YouTube today by HBO, so you can actually go nice. on YouTube and watch it for free. Uh, but if you're not watching Hard Knocks, you're you're missing out. You're missing. That's a great, great show. Well done. Um, and I loved how I. So a lot of people in the Cleveland media today, because I listen to Cleveland Sports Radio, were talking about they didn't like how it started. And it started with, if you didn't see it, I don't think it's going to really ruin anything, but it started with uh, men taking down the huge LeBron banner. And some people said, well, gosh, we've heard enough. Like, we're Cleveland. We've been beat up enough. But what I actually loved about it was it was more of a way of saying LeBron is gone. Now it's finally time for the Browns to step in that gap. And, and I think... I know I've said this often, but I think, honestly, the amount of talent that's in Cleveland, 
they might have a chance to actually step in that gap because as a Browns fan, seven and nine or eight and eight, those may be Jeff Fisher numbers, but that would be a wonderful season for us Cleveland Browns fans. Right? Uh, Doug, I know you have some you have some uh, opinions on the on the Hard Knocks episode. Yeah, I actually, I actually really liked what you were talking about too, and how the like the entrance screen to the uh, to the show is a new banner up there with mm-hmm. the Browns that says Hard Knocks on it. Or whatever. Yeah, they actually just superimposed that. Yeah, 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 I know, I know, but it, it was I just thought it was cool. Yeah, it was. Um, first thought. Uh, with John Dorsey coming over as GM, he somehow managed to sneak Andy Reid in as the offensive line coach for the Browns. That was impressive. Um, Bob Wiley is Yeah, Bob Wiley. He's an incredible uh, mustache. He's a Skittles away from a little diabetes. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, you know, there was a couple cringeworthy things that Hugh Jackson said. I feel bad for him with the whole thing with his mom and his brother. Yeah, it was heart-wrenching to watch that Yeah, so... I mean, I can't imagine what that would be like, but um, he just seemed on edge a little bit and a little. He didn't exert exude many leadership qualities, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I think that I mean he's his seat's getting a little warm. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, that was my point. He went Everyone. one in thirty-one. Uh, I I didn't like what I didn't like the comment. You bring in a guy like Todd Haley, who's been in a successful offense, and he says guys need to be at practice or at least dressed and ready for practice, whether they're going to practice or not. Uh, and just to stand up and say, "Look, I'm going to run this team how I'm going to run this team," you know, quoting somebody else in the room saying, "Look, they told me, you know, one day you're going to run your own team, you're going to do it the way that you do it, yeah. right? Uh, when you you can do it when it's your team." He was quoting Al Davis, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Well, that so, made that a lot worse yeah. just now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that was one thing that I wasn't a fan of. I think he needed to, to as as a leader in the room, he needs to be the guy to say, you know what, Let we should probably talk about that deeper and before just putting the kibosh on it right away. And I'll also say, I mean, I'm, I'm on record with at least you two not being a fan of the Baker Mayfield pick first overall, but I, I thought in the footage that they showed, he showed some good stuff. Like, for me, when I'm looking at NFL quarterbacks... How's his arm strength look? I, I mean, I can't I tell. So. He's in practice. <laughs> but I do like seeing guys that climb the pocket and don't... Their first move isn't... You saw it with Lamar Jackson last week. His first move... Oh, terrible. Head goes down, darts outside every time. And that doesn't work in the NFL. But Baker looked like he was willing to kind of slide up in the pocket, had some real accurate throws. And again, maybe they're just showing the good ones, but I thought that was... Encouraging if I'm a yeah. Browns fan. They're, they're, they're showing the good ones because that's most of what's actually been in <laughs> he's, camp. He's I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know anyone who's read as much about camp as I have around this table. Maybe probably Tim. Nobody. So he's doing really well in gym he, shorts is what you're saying. No, f- in full pads. When you can't hit him, he looks Listen, hey, hey, listen tomorrow night, 7 p.m., NFL Network, he's, he's playing two quarters. Okay. He's getting plenty, yeah. plenty of playing time. Yeah. But I will say... What you just said goes into support of, of what I said last podcast of not being a fan of Lamar Jackson as a professional quarterback. Do you mean Lamar Jackson, future number three wide receiver in the <laughs> CFL? <Punt> returner? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. I understand that him playing for the old Browns is blinding oh uh, your oh, view of Lamar, but... Let's just give him. Let's just give him a chance. I he's mean, got time. It was his he, first. He does it, was, it was his first preseason. He's time. He's a rookie. He's got to catch up. Baltimore was an expansion franchise. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Old Browns. Yeah. yeah. I do. I do have another question because uh, Sean's love of the new Browns. I like to refer to it as unbridled optimism. Um, fair. And as a result, <laughs> very I, fair. <laughs> I would love to get the over under from y'all. Talked about win totals a little bit, but I want to get the over under from Sean. I'm I'm putting it at like 15 wins. Do you <laughs> do you put the over or the under? What are uh, you taking? 15 wins. Is that including the three straight wins no, in the playoffs for the Super Bowl? Um, no, I'd say uh, I'm putting it at seven and a half because okay. Vegas always has a half. So do you think they're going to go over or under that? Yeah. <sighs> well, the hard part is things like injuries happen, which can tear a season into into shreds, but. Um, Especially when you're not practicing your players. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fair let's enough. be honest, too. Like, We've got great pieces in in camp, right? You've got some with guys like Tyrod Taylor, uh, Jarvis Landry. The defense just looks nasty. But they haven't played 
a full game together, right? So you've got to learn all new cohesiveness. I think if they can win five games, that is a huge success to me. I'm going to say over and put it at eight. I think eight and eight is going to be our season. I thought you were going to go there, so I just want to confirm that the 2017 bronze, <laughs> they didn't have a W. You're saying that they're going to go from... Oh, man. <laughs> I was wondering where that was going. You're going to go well, from fine. the bronze to a 500 team in one season? I am, and I'll tell you why. Yes. I'll, t- I'll tell Here you why. Here we go. Um, because the most valuable position in all of sports has changed and gone from someone who was absolutely pathetic and threw, I think, seven interceptions in the red zone last year alone. 19 total, I think. Nine, um, I think more than that. It was 18. I don't know. 18 anyway. 19, I thought. Um, and also fumbled, I think, seven times, two of those in the red zone. So we're at eight or nine turnovers within the red zone. Uh, is now the backup in Green Bay. And you've got Tyrod Taylor, who is not extravagant, not terrible, is a very even keel, but protects the ball. Um, you've upgraded your entire running back room um, with Doug's uh, third-round pick, Isaiah Crowell, um, is gone now to New York. And uh, <laughs> is gone to New York, and you replace it with Carlos Hyde and somebody I'm actually really high on, Nick Chubb, who's amazing in Georgia. And running back is the one position in NFL that you can see people plug in and go right away as rookies. I think it's easiest probably to move into. Um, the run defense is solid. We hit our number one defensive need with Denzel Ward, second cornerback. I don't know. Safety, kind of a um, boomer bust potential. But I think that uh, they have every opportunity to to go 8-8. Eight and eight. They actually lost six games by three points or less last year. So uh, even, in, even in metrics and everything, the chance for the Browns to lose all 16 games, but then to go 0-6 in three-point games was astronomical. So, so I had... There, you made some good points, but again, they haven't played all together. You talked about one Nick. more. You cut me off. Well, I know it's the, av- the average team, the, the average win total when you go from zero and sixteen or one and fifteen in the next season is six and a half wins. So, is that including y'all going one and fifteen to zero and sixteen, or does that not factor? <laughs> I'd say it has average to be average together. Okay, average, average together. together. Yeah, I'd so say half, half, half game. I, I read it, half a game comes out. I read it like two months ago, so, so that's probably it. But. <laughs> You brought up Nick Chubb. How annoyed did he look in the Hard Knocks episode oh. when nobody knew who he was? He did not. Want to, and the dude's on the phone. He's like, yeah. "Are you? Oh, you're here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, like, he welcome. Could not carry anyone. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I like the guy. Big chip I, like, on his I like the guy that yeah. said. I like the guy that said. Did you play college ball? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where'd you play at? Georgia. Like, he's got a huge Atlanta shirt. A on. huge Atlanta shirt. He's 5'11", 220, number, all muscle, just right, standing number there. Number thirty five pick in the draft. <laughs> gonna be your new your new running back because oh. Carlos Hyde's gonna get hurt. I mean, man, well, guys, people forget nice Hyde's only twenty six years old. Yeah. Welcome. It's not that old. Welcome to Cleveland. Speaking so, of the over under, you and I, in fact, have a bet on the Browns over under. We do have a at bet. Five and a half. I have the under. You yep. have the over. So if they're going to win eight games, yeah, that's pretty sweet. much a lot. If they're going to win six games, I get lunch. I know, I know. <laughs> there you go. Very yeah. Cool. Well, let me ask you. Let's turn the tables. Can, can we get an over-under on the Browns this year from everybody? Oh, I'd say, I think five and a half is a good – I would take the under on that, but I think five and a half is is where I would put it. Yeah, if I think you that's were trying the to actual – Is it? Yeah. yeah I, that's I, where the money would, you know. I love the Browns. The I love the Browns and – I watched every single game last year, and I know that's not supposed to be popular. As a, as you want your team to have winning seasons, obviously, and go to the playoffs. I'm happy with a five win season this year. I mean, I we that's more win totals than we saw the last two years. I'm okay with five. It's so, actually more than we've seen the last three years. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, three ter- and thirteen, just, one and fifteen, zero oh and sixteen. Just, just absolutely terrible. So I'm okay with that. Um, anyhow, so we're we're you know we're getting a little long into into that piece. I know this podcast getting along. Let's talk about um, week one preseason storylines. Anybody have one? I know what Sean and mine are uh, because we're Browns fans. Well, I've got even, I think, something that should stick in all football fans' minds and not just because it's a Browns game. This is the first time in history that three of the top four picks have been on the field in week one at the same time. Hmm. I'm excited to see, obviously, Baker Mayfield, but I'm really excited to see one what Saquon Barkley looks like looks like against a quality run defense, but also a guy like Denzel Ward 
as a as a top cornerback, as a guy that they're going to put on an island all season long. I'm excited to see what he looks like against NFL wide receivers. He supposedly looks incredible in camp. So, so but again, live game. So anybody else have any other week one preseason stuff that they're watching for? I'm uh, I'm actually, and maybe this is just because we have Baker Mayfield and we've missed on so many drafts. I'm hopeful that Josh Allen will play and just throw balls into the dirt and into the crowd and in the back of his linemen's heads. Uh, they're playing the Panthers, which is an okay defense. Um, but I think when with Josh Allen's skill set, it's just going to look really, really bad because the only receiver he has in his receiving room is Corey Coleman, who is traded from the Browns, who actually thought about retiring instead of reporting to the Bills camp. So... Um, yeah, and Kelvin Benjamin, who as I think Shannon Sharp said, ate himself out of a job uh, this past year. So. Yeah, he sure did. And then, so yeah, I'm also excited to see if Patrick Mahomes plays at all because I want I yeah. want to see him. I like yeah. to see him too. I'm excited. Yeah, I want, to, I want to see his arm strength because uh, Tyree Kill is out of saying that he's the one guy that he's played for that he doesn't think he can outrun his yeah. arm, which is really impressive. How about just new faces in new places? I mean, Kirk Cousins in uh, Minnesota. Going up against the Broncos, and that's Saturday night. Um, I think it's a national televised game as well. I mean, that, that's a big deal. You'll have the return of Zeke and Dak for those uh, who are also named Zeke in the crowd here, yeah. uh, Cowboy fans. Um, and we get another shot at seeing Lamar Jackson throw the ball uh, six yards off everywhere against a really good Rams defense as well. Yeah, that all that. And then um, God, you said one. Oh, Dak Prescott. Again, no wide receiver to throw to. I'm interested and how that's going to go. But he has no wide receiver to throw to. I hear Des Bryant's available. He is, but he's not going to Dallas. <laughs> so. No, I think they had a falling out. Maybe. <laughs> not the Maybe. prettiest thing. So, so what game are you most looking forward to? Uh, the Browns. So so I can, you know, rib you guys if they don't play well. Thanks, Ray. And when they do, you can admonish us for being awesome fans. Incorrect. I can't. No, I it's, can't. it's a two-way street. It is, one, they don't do well. Ha, ha, ha. <clears throat> Two, they do well. Oh, it's just preseason. <laughs> exactly. Um, I like me. the way you think. 2017 preseason champs, 4-0 last year. Yeah, so yeah that was the... Put that in I look forward to FIFA Friday night and you going, wow, Sean, you were right about Baker Mayfield. He yeah. was incredible. So I will, I will do that if he looks incredible. <laughs> There we go. So preseason week one. It should be a lot of fun. Welcome back, football. We've missed you. Um, thanks again, guys, for listening to the the last probably preseason episode of League of Ordinary Gentlemen. I look forward to seeing everybody at, at the Fantasy Draft. Again, Bond Street Wines, Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, be there. Be there by 7. We can do the vote. We can do the Wrestling Royal Rumble. And then the draft needs to start promptly at 730 uh, also, let me know what alcohol, alcoholic beverages you would like so that we can have them ready for everyone and cold. So, thanks again. I think Sean has one more thing to if say. If you did not have a character or are new to the league, I need a headshot so your character in the Royal Rumble can uh, look as it will. And I would like to make a very quick announcement. As the champion, I have a special outfit and creation for you as a champion. So, it will be noted in the Royal Rumble that you were number one this year. So I, I hope he looks like Gold Dust. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you very much again for, for joining us, everyone. Uh, it's going to be a great season. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. We'll see you soon. And uh, happy Jeff Fisher Day. 20 days.